After further review, as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. After further review, I'm here with Frank Vashner and David, the man of God Harris. Make sure you listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud and on iTunes. WXUT's After Further Review on SoundCloud and just After Further Review on iTunes. Or better yet, just subscribe to one of them and every time we get a new episode, it'll pop up and let you know. But right now, we're going to talk a little bit about some world cup soccer and david you're on the phone lines america's not in it and you know how i feel about this so man i mean pretty much this is going to be your segment because um even though i kind of like soccer you know you you guys all know what i, I kind of think of it you guys are really going to be getting into it but yeah. uh you know soccer to me without america in it Well, it could also be that way to some other nations, too, who did not advance to the knockout round. And I have not watched a World Cup soccer game at all this year. I actually, I've actually watched some of the group play. If it's been on the afternoon after I get home from work. Well, who you've been watching? I mean, what, what interest do you have in this World Cup soccer? America is not in it. Well, I... I watch it because it's a major event, and also, obviously, because I like it's to a, talk about it with David. It makes for good discussion. It's a major b- snore fest. That's what it is. Yeah, that's your opinion. All right, but I, I just let you guys know that it's a major, you know, snore fest. I mean, I, I really, like I said, I just, I, if America was in it, you know, I would, I would really get into it. But um, I don't know. I just, I guess, I just can't. I just can't do it i don't know it's just it's just crazy like that i mean am i bad for saying that or you know david go ahead with your side i mean i don't think you're bad for saying that i think it kind of lends to a little bit of what hope solo talked about and kind of her comments from the past week where she said that the reason why there aren't more kind of more interest in it at least in front of or at least in terms of kind of minority communities on the global stage is because, you know, when we look at the American team, there aren't the minorities, there aren't the Hispanics. It's kind of, as she puts it, a rich white boy sport. And so kind of, when you look at... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if soccer goes under rich white boy sport. That's well, more this is, You're this not really is what, spending well, a lot of money on soccer. Well, the, well, kind of what David said. I mean, I actually heard this on the radio the other day that... Somebody was saying that it costs uh, like fifteen grand a year for if you got a kid who plays travel soccer, and plus, I mean, this, this is just like if you're just playing high school in high school. I mean, because you want to get really noticed, you got to play all the travel stuff. I mean, that costs that costs a pretty penny. 
Well, that's in any travel sport. Exactly. Though. I mean, you got to pay for hotels. I mean, I don't know if basketball, uh, basketball or anything like that is uh, like that. But it, you would actually have to. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy how you guys talk about this because think about it. Every travel sport you're gonna have to spend a lot of money on. Uh, but soccer to me is not really the rich white boy sport. I think of hockey as being the rich white boy sport. I'm, that's just me. Well, I mean, in, in terms of the accessibility, I think also a thing, like in terms of from start, kind of the amateur, like under like seven, eight years old, yes, you see a lot of kids playing soccer at gym class, but by the time that they're 12, 13, when a lot of these other countries have a lot more established academies where they're bringing in talent, you see a lot of American youth kind of gravitating to football, gravitating to basketball, gravitating to baseball. And those are the sports in which you see a lot of kind of the minority growth. But in terms of soccer, by the time you get through youth 13 under, you know, 15 under 17 level, the academy is looking kind of a certain kind of shade. And so from that regard, it's okay who's able to play and afford it kind of at the high level. And so that accessibility, when you get to those higher travel clubs and high school particular, and then thinking about college, like, unless you're really committed to it, kind of, it's hard for you to keep that up because of how just kind of the rising costs and having to go to different camps. And I'm not saying all the other sports have youth camps and things set up, but there's not like an AAU kind of thing for soccer as it is with basketball, where you can have a club tournament that you can play year round. A lot of the kids, a lot of people that I know that play soccer, we're also participating in other sports as well. And so if it comes time to choose, Usually you go for the sport that's most successful for you in that moment, and a lot of times it's not soccer. Yeah. But, I mean, David, you mentioned kind of getting up with those high school teams. I mean, I think I told you earlier this week that my alma mater, Ida High School, they recently just approved uh, boys and girls soccer as a varsity sport. I know they've had a club team for at least the last couple of years. I mean, because when, when I think of it, you usually see – soccer teams kind of in in like the bit in the bigger cities or suburbs of bigger cities i mean in my area you're talking and probably like the schools around ann arbor like skyline pioneer huron and then maybe Celine, which is kind of a suburb of ann arbor and i mean in kind in kind of my era in my county i mean the, you have big schools like monroe and bedford who have soccer teams but you also have like Airport, Airport High School in Carlton. That's more of a smaller town, and also uh, I think um, Monroe St. Mary's Catholic Central. They even have they even have a team too, but of course they're a private school. So I mean, it's kind of interesting that when when you get some of these smaller towns, town schools that are bringing soccer in, and you have to remember that a lot of the athletic conferences, not everybody has soccer because. Dundee, for instance, they don't have soccer. That's up in the glove, though. I know soccer is really popular here in Ohio. A lot, a lot of. I mean, when you told me that Ida just got a soccer team, it's like, hello, nineteen ninety four. Where you been? I mean, because a lot of in Ohio, it's common. Everyone has a soccer team. 
even in like even in the small farm towns uh yes yeah well, uh, either you, a lot of times you've got kids that play soccer and then usually pick one kid from the soccer team to be the field goal kicker for the football team exactly so i, so, I mean i i guess i just kind of thought that was kind of odd that ida didn't have a soccer team yeah well i mean there was real i mean i think when i was going there there was chatter of a club team starting up but it never materialized mm-hmm. a club team hmm. yeah so I mean now it's actually going to be a varsity sport. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean I think I think it's a, it's a I mean it's a good way to help grow the game. Right, right, right. But I'm trying to think in in this area a lot of small schools have soccer. Uh, Mommy Valley, they don't have a football team, but they got a soccer team. Uh and they got field hockey for you know for girls, but I mean I, I'm trying to think I don't know of any schools around here that probably don't have a soccer team. I mean, it's just a it's a sport where you can get a ball in a big field and you pretty much can play. I mean, it it has grown over the years. Now I can understand sports like lacrosse, where when I was in high school there wasn't any lacrosse varsity teams. It was mostly like a club sport. But now it's because of a state state sanctioned varsity sport. But it just but it happened to me that up in the uh, the mitten that you guys some a lot of schools don't have soccer because you don't need that many people to play soccer as much as a football team. Yeah, you you are right about that. And Kayla from uh, uh, Radio Alchemy, that's on Fridays from uh, 10 to midnight, she said that basically, if you really want to think about it worldwide, it is for poor people for soccer because that's the reason why a lot of countries play soccer. It's accessible. You get the ball and you kick it around. Yeah, and you ba- and if you don't have a net, you basically trash take can. Like a couple of trash cans or you take a couple of rocks or a couple mm-hmm. of cones and you make yourself a goal. Right, exactly. And with hockey, on the other hand, though, I mean, you need to get skates. You need to pay for those sticks. You need some pads and you need a helmet. And let's face it, not everyone has ex- access to an, an ice hockey rink. Now, you could play roller hockey, but roller hockey is a lot different than ice hockey. Because I yeah. believe in rollerblade hockey, you can be on the you know, on the rink the whole time. In ice hockey, you're only going to do one-minute shifts before your feet start to burn. Exactly. But, I mean, even with that analogy, with the, for a lot of, at least within the kind of American context, kind of that, oh, just, you know, pick up a ball and go play. That, that's the mentality for a lot of kind of people when it comes to basketball. It's just, you know, get whatever if you take it. It starts with socks shooting it into a laundry hamper. Well, that, that, is, the, that is the same. Throwing. That's the same analogy. And that's the reason why I think about it. Why do a lot of African-Americans play basketball or football? It's accessible. All you got to do, you can get a sock and make a goal. Or you can get a milk crate, put it on a pole and get a, you know, a, a, a rubber ball. And you could just shoot that way. I mean, there's, there's, I guess, plenty of avenues to play a certain sport or football. You get some old raggedy football if you want, a Nerf football or whatever. Or someone donates it, and then you go to a large field and you just throw it around. I mean, how hard is it to block and and pass and run a couple routes compared to hockey, where eh, you need a lot of equipment and you basically a lot of the the tournaments and the stuff that you do for hockey are pretty more in affluent neighborhoods. They're not affluent neighborhoods. They're not going to be you know somewhere in a downtown that's you know a little urban and a little maybe middle to lower class neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. I. And I mean, and that's the thing when it comes to soccer, it's how many people within the urban communities, you know, how difficult is it or really how much do people really love the game from an African-American contact to want to kind of just pick up a soccer ball and start kicking it around rather than 
you know, I'm just going to go shoot some hoops or I'm going to, you know, pick up a stick or get an old baseball bat and plastic baseball bat and swing it around. Well, baseball's I mean, is gone down with the African American community. I mean, think about it. It's more dominated by Latinos and, and whites, really. It, when it was in the 70s and 80s, it was actually the ro- the roles were reversed where there was a lot of African Americans and whites and less Latinos, but obviously the Latino culture is Latino culture has kind of boomed uh, recently in in a base in baseball, major league baseball, and obviously the numbers have dwindled. Now, obviously, it's stuff that's you know promoted to African Americans, but I think overall, though, I'm thinking when I think of soccer, I'm thinking worldly. Let's face it, there's a lot of countries whose economic uh, situations are probably less than ideal than even a lower to maybe lower middle class uh, neighborhoods here in America. So for them playing soccer, you know, it could just be some old, uh, I guess, kickball and they just, they pick up the sport. I mean, that's why I think the sport is so popular worldwide is because a lot of these countries, let's face it, they're, they're poorer than, than America. And you know, the only sports they can probably play is soccer and let's face it it was the it's been around for years and years and years and then basketball kind of picked up after the dream team played so worldwide you know the two top sports and i know some people i hate to deny this but it really if you think about it soccer number one and probably basketball number two yeah and like you said it's the accessibility it kind of communities that have the resources, put resources in, and that's kind of part of what Hope Solo was talking about, kind of the resources that we have are not going, or to the extent that we could put more resources into building up soccer at a kind of inner city level or rural level. And think about it, David. Soccer is kind of confusing, the rules. Like, for instance, the, the clock goes forward. There's no stoppage of play. Now, a lot of people like that, but if you've grown up in America, you're used to clock going backwards. There's kind of a stoppage in play. There's explanations of things. A lot of people don't understand, okay, it goes up to 95 minutes, but then they just keep playing because the referees add the stoppage in play. So when is the game really over? You don't know when the game is over until the referee says the game is over. So that can kind of deter people. And let's be honest, too, it's it's – some soccer games, depending on the soccer team, if they're playing really defensive, it's not very exciting. I mean, and in this country, we with our the attention pan, the attention attention spans getting shorter and shorter by the day. Uh, people want to see a lot of scoring and hitting people, and soccer just doesn't provide that. I mean, it's. I mean, we just figured out what a catch was, kind of, in American football. So, I mean. I guess in terms of kind of the rules and it's, it's a matter of interest. It's what gravitates you of people like, in, and I understand kind of there's your perspective kind of, if my country is not in it, the team that I'm rooting for supporting is not in it, then I'm not going to watch. But I think, no, I watch, I mean, I, I'll sometimes go to, you know, I've gone out to eat and, you know, I've watched a little bit. I knew that Germany got knocked out by, was it Mexico or something like that? Or South Korea was yeah, celebrating. It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was uh, the Korea, Korea Republic. And uh, David, I'm gonna. I like this, for instance, how this how this worked. Didn't Mexico get in because Korea beat Germany or something like that? 
I'm gonna yeah. let David. Okay, yeah. so here's here's the thing. I had a friend post this on Instagram, and she was watching it. She actually uh, went out to Cali, and they were watching this, the 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 World Cup, and there was Koreans and Mexicans in this room watching the World Cup, and Korea beat Germany, but yet the Koreans weren't celebrating. The Mexicans were, and she didn't understand why. Like, why are the Mexicans celebrating? And the Koreans just won, and then someone had explained to her. Because of Korea beating Germany, Mexico what got in or or whatnot. And once again, yeah. it's another one of those confusing rules with this group play and so many points. And, you know, people like I said, I, unfortunately in America we have short atten- attention spans, but stuff like that really just turns people off. Like oh, I don't understand it, so I just move on. Yeah, and since we kind of mentioned uh, Germany, the reigning champs, not making it to group play. Uh, you might want to cue up the horn for them. Oh, okay. Well, we'll try to. We'll, we'll get to that horn. But what happened though, David, with with Germany? Weren't they one of the favorites to actually win it? Yeah, defending champions. Kind of everyone expected them to at least make the semifinal at the very least, coming off of what was seen as a pretty disappointing Euros and European tournament in 2016, but. As we look through this entire tournament and really well, the then knew, up. Right. You knew then if they had already had a bad Euro tournament, you kind of had the sense that, hmm, maybe they won't do so well in the World Cup. Because usually those Euro tournaments, they, they kind of let you know what the team is going to have uh, three years and ahead. Uh, I mean, yes and no. I mean, the Euros is kind of, since it's a continental competition, there's a lot more familiarity with the countries. And I, but I think what was really surprising for Germany was kind of the international friendlies leading up to the World Cup. And it was a lot of shifting lineups, not really having a lot of certainty as to which is going to be the strongest side. And we saw that in the Mexico match, they really came out really poor from a lot of different dynamics. It really didn't seem as though they were up for it to the level that you expected from a defending champion. And then we get to the Sweden match where they still look poor. They got behind and it took a kind of moment of brilliance from Tony Cruz to get them a victory. And after that Sweden match, a lot of people were saying, okay, this is going to be the jumpstart that Germany needs to really get themselves in gear. And so heading into the match against South Korea, a match that any other circumstance for them to go through had to start with them winning. And all they really needed was a single goal to win. If they were to score two goals heading into the match, no matter what happened with Mexico and Sweden, if Germany scores two goals, they advance no matter what because of goal difference, which is another one of those rules that you really, like, if you really think about it, yeah. But Kind of throughout that match, Germany put out a B side, many players who had struggled in both the friendlies and then in the two matches before of the group stage really struggled again. And there was a lot of poor play in the final third, kind of trying to get on goal. They really were undisciplined. They didn't have the ability really to figure out kind of a game plan, stick to it. That's on coaching, but that's also on the players. 
they really didn't have a shape. And because they were so changing between each of the three matches, you also lost the sense of stability and kind of cohesion and continuity that many people expected to see from a German side, just because that's kind of the German nature. And so while I'm disappointed and I used more choice words when I did my rant on my podcast, I kind of, they didn't look like as though they wanted to win. I tweeted out that kind of at least through the first half, Germany looked like a side that had already thought that they had advanced into the knockout stages. And so they were playing their B side just to get players back into a rhythm. But the players that they selected across the board were just abysmal. And that's to use kind of language that I'm allowed to say on FCC airway. Hmm. But <laughs> it was it was really just disappointing from top to bottom. They were second best in terms of counterattack. Yes, they had possession. Yes, they put shots on target. But they weren't clinical in terms of their finishing, which is something that you expect to see from not only a defending world champion from four years ago, but also from Germany just in general. And so a lot of questions will be asked about the man, about the coaching. Yogi kind of has his time run his course, but a lot more questions will be asked knowing that it's been four years since you won the world cup, knowing that you struggled at the Euros, knowing that you struggled with the international friendlies leading up to this tournament. Why rely on players that have, for whatever reason, kind of lost the step and why the reliance on players that you relied on four years ago? Because in no other sport are you going to rely on players that you had four years ago to perform the same way. It doesn't happen really. And you see changes with the Olympic team like every four years. And so why do we see changes from these, all these Olympic rosters when the world cup is just as much, if not bigger than the Olympics for a lot of people, because it's a global game on a global stage. And so there's a lot of disappointment. There's a lot of questions, but at the same time, if Germany, if we knew that Germany would play like the way that they did coming into the tournament, and there were signs that they would, like I don't think a lot of people would have said Germany would advance deep into the tournament. Did I think that they would have gotten out of the group stage? Yeah. But the results and the performance on the pitch proved otherwise. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right about that, David. And of course, you mentioned something thing about uh, goal differential and advancing. There was all I believe there was also some controversy about another team advancing because of gentlemanly play. I think I believe that was uh, Japan. I think it, I can't remember who it was. Uh, you have to refresh my memory. It was a team advanced because they committed fewer penalties. Is that right? Yeah, so the so Japan advanced and I ranted about them as well just because they just 
in my opinion, they disrespected the game by how they finished the match against Poland, but that's a whole nother rant. But Japan advanced to what is called kind of the fair play point system. And it's new to the 2018 World Cup, where if you, it's kind of a point system. So you get a point for a foul, three points for a yellow card, kind of, I think it's five for a straight red, but there's a point system. And so the more fouls that you, the more yellow cards that you accumulate, essentially the less likely you are to advance through the group stage. And so Japan and Senegal were the two teams that had met head to head. They had a tie in terms of goals. Everything else statistically across the board was exactly the same in numerical value. And so when they went to this tiebreaker of FIFA fair play point, you looked at a team in Japan, okay, people say, do they deserve to advance because they had fewer yellow cards? And for me, the answer is no, because yellow cards are always at the discretion and the ob- objective opinion of the official. And so while an official can have an opinion and a perspective, and there are some universal yellow card situations and scenarios that take place, at the same time, we cannot have a team advancing out of a group stage because of the opinion of a non-player. And I think that's what a lot of people have said, both former players, current players that were not in the World Cup. Kind of the system, it has its value in terms of a tiebreaker. And really, I would propose a better tiebreaker would be having a penalty shootout between the two teams that are matched and it comes down. Instead of the FIFA fair play point, let the players have a penalty shootout and determine it that way. Because at least in that instance, the players are the ones that determine who advanced when all else is equal and not the opinions of a referee. You're absolutely right, David. I'm with you 100%. I mean, that would, advancing on the opinions of a referee, that would be like a, an NFL team getting into the playoffs over another team because they committed fewer personal fouls during the season. I don't know. That might sound like a ludicrous example, but no, I mean, that's, that's a fair, or even thinking about the NBA playoff, a team that gets into the playoffs because they had fewer technical fouls than another team. Yeah. And then that just leads into something that we've seen from previous tournaments and just FIFA over the past, that you know, decade plus, like that leads to a lot of corrupt officiating where you're penalizing a team excessively in, at the group stage level because, you know, that could prevent them from getting into the group stage and possibly winning the tournament. So that just opens up a whole can of worms that FIFA really doesn't want. And so it's going to be interesting to see if this continues and, 2022 if we see this in 2026 but i feel like this should be the first and last year of the fifa fair play point yeah but we'll talk a little bit about the knockout round we do have uh, one final there france eliminates argentina four to three so argentina goes baba buoy and adios and via con dios to leo messi yeah what 
I've been watching the game, watched the final as he came on the air. And France really dominated the majority of the match. I feel like the goal that Ana de Maria scored at the end of the first half was really given to the, I mean, he had enough space to get out a lawn chair, make himself a pitcher of Kool-Aid, consume that, relace his boots, and then score, just the way that France failed to close down. But in the end, I think the better side won. Kylian Mbappe, a name that we'll hear in soccer circles for years to come because he's only 19. And just the wonderful game that he had, both scoring a brace or two goals for non-soccer, familiar language, and getting a penalty that led to the first goal for France. I think France is finally clicking in a way that we expected them to leading into this tournament. And I think France now has a decent shot of at least making the semifinals where anything can happen. But yeah, it was, it was a good match. Everyone's going to again try to put this on Lionel Messi. But I think more should go to the manager for the formation, which I thought was laughable at best when I saw it. But in the end, that's, that's the beauty of the knockout round. Anything can happen. You never know what to expect. You never know who will burst onto the scene in those pivotal moments. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think for there might be some soccer fans who will be disappointed because there's not going to be a Messi versus Ronaldo showdown in the next round. But speaking of Cristiano Ronaldo, him and Portugal are going to take on Uruguay at about two o'clock at two o'clock today. Uh, who do you think advances out of that? I actually have Uruguay advancing. I don't, I think Portugal is too reliant on Cristiano Ronaldo, even though yes, people say, you know, if not best player in the world, second blessed one, a whatever. So I have both Messi and Ronaldo going home today. Yeah, yeah that's, and then we looked ahead to tomorrow, and we, oh, uh, Spain and Russia. I mean, I think you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Russia was kind of a surprise. They've made it to the knockout round. You think their magic's going to continue, or is Spain going to win that one? I fully expect Spain to win just because they're a world-class team, and I think Russia was reliant in the group stage on beating teams that were quote-unquote lesser than them. But I've also, this past week, kind of joked around. It would be kind of apropos that being, you know, on home soil, knowing that the fan base is rabid, knowing who the president of Russia is, if there is a situation in which Russia needs to advance or Russia needs to get a goal, so it goes to VAR, or split decision, I wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of Russian collusion. Like, I'm just going to say it. Like, I'm just going to say if there's Russian collusion, this would be the perfect time to get Russia to win. <laughs> Good idea to drop the fail horn, Derek. Yeah, now we'll try to finish up this uh, uh, actual segment. So, David, what's your thoughts on the rest of the week? Isn't the World Cup about to be ending pretty soon? Well, the knockout round just yeah, started. Look- Right, right. Yeah, but isn't final, it next week is the last week is right? No, though. Or this week coming up. 
No, the final was in two weeks. So the two final weeks. is July fifteenth. Okay, okay, yeah. But anyways, David, who do you now that I believe you a couple weeks ago when I talked to you, you said you like Germany, but now they didn't make it. So who do you like to win in the knockout round now? Here and I've kind of used this analogy a little bit. So I have coming out of the Western Conference of the bracket, Brazil, and I have Spain coming out of the East just because if you look at each side of the bracket, you can pretty much make the NBA analogy fairly easy. Yeah. So I think Brazil comes out and I think Spain comes out. Yeah, I th- but I think Brazil's got a little bit more of a meat grinder to go through because, I mean, Me- Mexico, I don't think, is going to be a pushover. Her and I don't th- and if Be- and I, I think Belgium gets past Japan and I think I know Be- Belgium's not going to just lay flat for Brazil either. So that I think they've got a tougher road. I mean, honestly, I can't see anybody else from Spain's side being much of a challenge. Some people might say England, but as we said a couple weeks ago, England is a team where they are who we thought they were. I mean, England is the Toronto Raptors. Everyone thinks that, you know, and hyping them up as to, you know, possibly make it out. But you know that the beasts are waiting for them. And Brazil, kind of like Golden State, except for they've actually won. Yeah, and I and I had mentioned that uh, in a couple weeks ago that I think Brazil's on a bit of a redemption after they I think they had lost Neymar to an injury in the last World Cup and uh, they absolutely got stanky leg Rick rolled seven to one. I forget if it was by Germany or Argentina. Uh, yeah, it was by home, Germany. Oh, it was by Germany. Yeah, on on their home soil. Oh, where they all yeah, so. where they threw their hands in the air and said, "No, boss." Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, we'll definitely look forward to that. Uh, well, let's finish it up, fellas. We, yeah. you, 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 you drawing this out. Okay, yeah. So that that'll do it. I, I think I'm with David. I think Br- I think Brazil is your best bet to win it, but they do have. I think they do have a bit of a meat grinder to go through with Mexico and possibly Belgium. Uh, they they get through that. I would say they pro- could be a good showdown between them and France on that side of the bracket, though. And if you want to work on your Spanish, I advise you listen to the Telemundo broadcast of the World Cup. It is brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that it gets pretty lit on there. It gets lit. Okay. Good good analogy. David, final thoughts, and then we're going to get out of here. Yeah, just... Again, listen to listen to Telemundo. Work, educate yourself. Telemundo, uh, it's in Spanish. Uh, no, I know, but the Fox broadcast is sometimes a little bit sketchy. Oh, okay. All right. <clears throat> well, thanks, David. We'll post this up on the um, actual uh, 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 SoundCloud and on iTunes. Got you a little bit of soccer, a little, a little longer than I expected. About thirty minutes of soccer, uh-huh. you know. It's soccer, once again, fellas. Yeah, it's well. a war fest, especially without USA. At least, if USA was in it and people were chanting USA, I would love the sport. You know, I would love to watch it. But right now, since there's nobody really <clears throat> in it that I actually like, so I just won't pay attention to it. I, sorry. 
Yeah. Anyway, coming up next, we got what? Your power play? Because yeah. you wanted to start with World Cup soccer. I don't know. Was you trying to save the suspense? Uh, I feel... Well, also, that was... Well, because the, the knockout round had already started, but power play, I've got some news that's been pouring in most of the morning. And even... And also talking about a signing that David's team made that... The that is pretty much being uh, disapproved of everywhere. I'll get to that after this. Mm. So we'll be getting ready for your little power play, huh? Yeah, there's a lot to cover. Oh wow, and it's even out off season. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on in the off season. Oh, I can't wait. Here we go. Listen to 88.3 WGT. After, after further review, when we return, we got Frank's power play it'll be sizzling like the weather outside actually what is the temperature outside because it was a scorcher out there it is uh frank you got it up because they want me to log in to get this weather um, bringing it, it up right now it is currently 89 degrees outside wow okay cool all right um okay we'll be back after this on 88.3 wxut